It's, it is reborn, man. I'm just going to say it. It's just reborn, man. This what is, is Gucci Mano Cheese? Welcome to the Half Court Podcast. Give everybody that's been listening or watching our podcast. Big shout out to you guys. Me everywhere we rap in Half Court. Half Court. You know All right, ladies and gentlemen. What is Gucci Mano Cheese? We are live. Welcome to the Half Court Podcast. I am Darwin. We got AV behind the camera. And today, we got a very special guest, man. We're going to do a little therapy here. We got therapist, Wes. Because God knows we need it. Yes, <laughs> we need it, man. Hey, brother, welcome to the podcast, and I appreciate you for taking the time to, you know, do this podcast with us, man. Thank you. No problem, man. My pleasure. Um, as uh, Kind of tell the people what do you do, and let's just go from there. Okay. Uh, mental health therapy. Mental. It's, uh, mental health therapy. Uh, some people call us therapists. Some people call us counselors. Uh, don't call, call me it? late to dinner, but uh, <laughs> I, therapist, counselor, I've, either one, I think the terms are kind of interchangeable yeah. a little bit. So what, what, what do you call yourself? Like when somebody asks, what do you do? Like, do you say I'm a therapist or? I'm a therapist. Okay. Uh, sometimes that requires a little extra, extra explanation. A lot of people say, oh, physical therapy? No. No. Yeah, today, today <laughs> I made a post and I said, we're going to have a therapist on the podcast. So if you guys have topics that you guys want to touch on, let us know what you know what they are. And then somebody said, a physical therapist? I saw that. I saw that. I was <laughs> like, no, bro, like a Dr. Phil type thing. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. So what, what got you into this uh, whole you know career of mental health and being a therapist? Well, I knew that question was coming up, so I thought about it. I've answered it a few times. I was in therapy myself. I was a single dad. And my youngest needed a lot of extra attention, and it was a little struggle in the house. Single parents out there can really, you know, feel me on that one. And so I found a, my own therapist to make sure that I was right in my mind and I could go home and be the best I could for my daughter. And during that, it kind of transitioned over to, hey, let's do some therapy on Wes. <laughs> and it was, are you happy with yourself? Are you where you want to be? And I wasn't really quite sure I was happy where I wanted to be. I was working as a manager, and I loved that job, but what I didn't like was the extra business stuff that went along with that. But what I loved about it was the people aspect. I was a people manager. Mm. I loved people, and the biggest thing I always felt was if I take care of my people, they take care of my customers, and the business moves forward. So what kind of roadblocks, everything do I need to remove from them so they can be successful in their life? And... That conversation transpired with the therapist, and she said, well, hey, you know, they got this program down at OU. <laughs> One thing led to another. I, I, I called them up the next day, started, uh, started my path. That was 2013, uh, wrapped up my master's degree, all 60 credits of that, graduated in uh, 2017, mm-hmm. took some tests, did some supervision, and uh, got my license, so here I am. Nice. Uh, did you, would you say that like therapy session that you had triggered you to go through that path of, of, of how long did you do therapy for before you decided that you were going to be a therapist? Well, I decided I was going to go down the pathway, but I stayed with her for a while, uh, just because it felt good having somebody I could come in and talk to every week, uh, express my feelings, but have confidentiality and know that hey, you know, it's not going to be out there on the street and not everybody's going to hear it. So mm-hmm. you can express whatever you want in that session. The door's closed. And, mm-hmm. and so I kept it going. But I'd say it was really soon after we had that kind of 
Oh, it was probably about August of that year that we started talking about, well, what do you really want to do with your life? Where are you really going? Are you really, what would make you really happy? Uh-huh. And I'd always kind of thought I took an abnormal psych class at Oklahoma City University, and I was really jazzed about psych. But I stuck with a business degree. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And then, uh, so it was a natural progression. It was like, well, I never did explore that other side of myself. Mm-hmm. Let me go ahead and do that. And it's just turned out to be something I really, I love, I'm passionate about. I wake up in the morning and it's not like, oh God, I got to go to work today. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, what is this shit? No, it was like, let's go to work today. Right. You know, I, I was pumped and I love to, I love to sit in that room and see the transition of people going from, oh God, I don't know what's going on with my life. You know, I'm feeling this way or that. And. To into, figuring it out and like figuring coming it out. up with a plan. Yes. And, yes. and then. It's, you know, and, and the great things that people are doing. And, oh, man, this fell in place. Oh, this fell in place. Well, yeah, you got a positive attitude now. You see the opportunities. Yeah. And when it knock, 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 you're opening that door rather than keeping it closed and staying comfortable and sad and depressed and anxious and stressed. That is, uh, that is pretty cool. And it, it, to me, it's amazing that, like, maybe, like, when at a young age or, like, you don't know what you want to do until, like, you just start trying stuff, you know? Because, I mean, exactly. it's crazy. Like, like there's people, like, that don't know what to do, and then later down the road they try something, and they're like, oh, I like this, and they turn that into a passion. So, mm-hmm. like, that's pretty amazing, man. That's pretty amazing because um, you say you were happy with the job as a manager, but it was, you know, like, uh, maybe, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, right. it was that kind of thing. I mean, so the money what? was good. I could have done it, but, you know, right. money is not everything. And the money starts to stagnate and plateau after a while. If you stay comfortable and you stay right where you're at, if right. you're not passionate about it. But if you're passionate about something, man, that's where you can grow things and all that. Like, the, like that young man, Isaiah, that you had yes, on here. Yes, yes. That is so passionate at what is he? Almost 17 now. Yeah. But passionate. I don't want to work for somebody. I want to own my own business. I want to do that. That passion. That, yeah. that, bro, There's that, something about that. that. that <clears throat> yeah. I don't like know if you, were, if you saw the boxer, Alex Salcedo. Mm-mm. He's a professional I, boxer. I heard you all talking about him. But so I this is literally, I, like, I seen it go from, I would train with him when we were kids. We were like 14. To he, him fighting at the Chesapeake Arena as a professional boxer. Fucking, like, that was... The fact that he said, I'm going to be a professional boxer, and then he became a professional boxer is it's mind-blowing. fucking crazy, bro. It's like, mind-blowing, yeah. Yes. yes. That's a strong mind. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, like I said, it's just uh, uh, when I, I get, like, some kind of, like, high when I see people doing their own thing. Like, rather, if you're still at your job, but you're figuring it out on the side, like, that is, like, the ultimate. Like, I feel like it's just the, the ultimate high that you can get from just seeing people do what they want, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, right now you're doing this full-time, right? Full-time. Full-time. Absolutely. You know, so it's like you go, schedule your patients, and, yeah, it goes from there. So kind of tell, tell us about your day. Like, what, do you, what does a busy day look like? And, what and, is a day in the life of West? Yeah, <laughs> what does it look like, boss? <laughs> I, see, I see clients on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. That's, that's the nice thing about owning your own business and deciding what you want to do. You set your own hours. Uh, yeah. You have to stay into it because you got all that free time. You know, you, you got to stay focused. But Tuesday, Wednesdays, Thursdays are pretty much stacked. Uh, my first session is usually about 10 o'clock in the morning. And I won't stop sometimes until last session will start about 8 o'clock. So I'm done about 9-ish. 
in the evening, sometimes a little earlier, depending on when that last session is. Maybe there's a blank spot in, in the day somewhere in there, so I'll write a few notes, uh, grab Take a, a bite break. to eat real quick yeah. or something. But, yeah, a lot of times it's – I got back-to-back clients. Easy. Hour sessions or 30-minute sessions? Sessions I bill for are supposed to be 45, but I'm a talker. And if somebody's making a breakthrough, I don't necessarily stop right at the time. I need to set better boundaries. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But if they're getting something out of it, and I enjoy my clients because they're invested in themselves. I'm invested in them. And so it it turns out to be about an hour. Yeah. Um, Sometimes a little earlier. And I'm sure they all understand. Like, if you're a little backed up or whatever, it's like they were just talking about some Mm -hmm. deep shit. (laughs) Yes. I've seen a a lot of... uh, you know, celebrities and stuff, uh, especially say that therapy does has been one of the best things that happened to them. Like when they started going to therapy and, you know, telling people they're they're just letting everything out. Like Miley Cyrus was one. Uh, she hopped on the Joe Rogan podcast and she was just saying, like, yeah, uh, I'm glad I did therapy. And I've, she's done it for, I think, f- I want to say five years. Don't quote me on that. But it's been amazing for her. Like it's helped her like, I just realize feel a that, lot of shit. Like mental health is very under talked about and then when you mm-hmm. are going through a problem at least like it's a culture thing like for example for in my culture like if uh, as a mexican if you fucking they're going through something it's like no se culo. like yeah. you know like don't be, p- don't be a pussy like <laughs> therapy bro you're gonna go pay somebody to listen to your shit and like like you know that's how they look at it yeah. and it's like right. uh bro it's, you gotta go to the gym to stay healthy you gotta why do, like there's we got to take care of our mind too. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Exactly. I think I that's, what, like that's, that's what, what people it are just like. Mm-hmm. It's they, a muscle. They it's a exactly. muscle like anything else. And if you pay attention to it and you exercise it by going to therapy and you do all that, man, bro, I, it gets stronger and you're able to handle those stresses, those anxieties, everything that comes at you. You got things in your toolbox. Okay. I feel this way. I, I need to do that. Or I, I need to take a moment away or whatever, as long as it's healthy. Right. But if you don't just like a muscle, It'll yeah. get smaller, get weaker, get atrophies, and that's no good. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's that that's crazy. Um, when it comes to that kind of stuff, I feel so like, like uh, other than like like when you go to therapy, obviously you articulate your thoughts and like you are able to put them out. But like, how does um, how are you able to relate to to the people? Like, I guess is my question. Question like, how do you? Like, if I go tell you my problems, how, how would you know what to tell me? Like, how, That's you, a good like one. I come from a complete different background like, mm-hmm. than you. Like, do you just listen at that point? Or? Yeah. It's, it's, it's listening to you, building rapport, finding out about you. Because that hour that you were in that office is about you. It's not about me. It's not about Darwin. It's not about anybody. It's about you and only you. So I will listen to you and find out how you're feeling. And, and I mean, that's where that old catchphrase, you know, how does that make you feel? Uh, you know, that's where that comes in. Well, how does it make you feel? Does it make you feel okay? Does it make you feel sad? Are you pissed off? What is it? And by doing that, I can relate to you just in the way you feel. Because I've had many experiences in my life. I may not have the same culture and background, raising, neighborhood, whatever, but I've had a lot of experiences that were stressful, depressive, and, and all of that. And, we and you know how the brain works. So that's another. 
There you go. It's just building a relationship with somebody and listening to them. A lot of times you speak it into existence. I know you've heard that before. Yeah. You speak it into existence and now it's out there. And if you address it, it sounds different and often better and relieving once it's out there and it's floating around in the, in, in, in the room. And, and, you know, maybe we do some cognitive reframing about how you thought about whatever it was that made you mad or sad or... Anxious, Why do you whatever. think it's so hard for people to have those hard conversations? Mm, because of the way we're raised. There's a stigma on mental health, and we don't raise you like, like, like you said. You know, oh, man, come on, don't be pussy. What are you? You feeling sad? Oh, man, come on, man. Why are you sad? Oh, you little boo-hoo? Come on, man. Hey, rub mm. some dirt on it. Dry Just it drink up. some fucking pussy. beers. Yeah. yeah. Here, yeah. have another beer. Right. Oh, yeah, that works. <laughs> temporarily i think i mean temporarily it does you know you get that little you get that little pause you know you get drunk you're gonna get you're gonna get sober again you're gonna get back to that you're gonna get back to it and that problem did not go away and if it's something you're you're shoving way down inside of you oh boy man it's like carrying around a, carrying around a backpack i use the backpack analogy all the time you know and it's like well if you carry around a backpack full of feathers you know, those would be like good memories, right? You're mm-hmm. carrying around a whole bunch of good memories. That backpack light as hell. Mm-hmm. Now you start throwing some bowling balls in there. Whatever it is that yeah. you're not dealing with, you're still carrying that around, and it's a weight, and it pulls you down, and it affects the way you interact with other people, especially on the job. Oh, yeah. Right? You know? That makes sense. Yeah. That's when you start being grumpy and fucking just... Don't want to wake up. Right. <laughs> that's a big one job. that's a big one not wanting to, to wake up like you're just yeah. in bed and it's like why do i just want to lay here like you just want, don't want to face reality right. yeah <laughs> i want to face reality want to hide and i'll find the cool side of the pillow and cover my head up let's go so uh there's there was one question here um shout out to aaron for the post um that said how do you keep your chin up in times like this to just not get down you know like right now with oh, all the, like the with pandemic, all the, yeah, and pandemic and, and and being inside and lose Ooh. you just lost your no, job and no that you might get sick and all that crazy stuff. Yeah, well, you know that's staying inside the house. You know, if if you're inside the house and you're always staring at four walls, you're not going anywhere. You're not getting out. You're you're not seeing people and and naturally i understand we don't want to gather in big groups or anything like that but you know you can do things like go to a park go down by the lake go fishing i mean you're by yourself right so fish aren't going to give you corona right (laughs) get outside and and i say get outside because the sun naturally that, that creates vitamin d in our bodies that's a natural antidepressant you get low levels of vitamin d it's going to make you feel more depressed and and more into yourself uh if you got a house that doesn't have a lot of windows or you keep the curtains closed all day long well that adds to that right so get out and find something that you enjoy doing you can even uh some of the gyms are open now you know be safe mm-hmm. of course but if you like working out, I, I had some friends that said, well, I'm not going to the gym anymore. And so they invested in some some weights and converted their garage, and then they can still work out. They open up the door and blast some music, and they work out. And that's, a good time. He figured you know, it out. Working out, you know, that's kind of healthy too. You know, it kind of pumps your body up. Uh, makes your, you feel your body good. Kinda, yeah, it, it kind of gets everything moving around, gets the endorphins, and yeah, that, that makes you feel better. Listen to music is another uh, good coping skill for that but you got to be careful what you listen to right it's just like 
just like eating, you are you are what you eat. So if you sit around listening to a lot of depressive music, you know, you can't just back to back listen to Adele all day long. Right. That's 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 gonna yeah that's gonna bring you down. down so yeah. you got you gotta pump it up, you gotta get some good What's on your playlist? My playlist? Oh man, my just, playlist just a is a little eclectic. Uh, everything I've got some jazz on there, a lot of classical. I, I play classical when I'm I'm trying to work and think because there's no words. I can concentrate that way. I use uh I think it's uh, lo-fi. Is it lo-fi? Where it's just like like yeah. smooth melody beats. Mm -hmm. Like I'll use that when I'm like editing pictures and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. That really works. Like it helps you yeah. focus more because it's just in the background. Right. There's no words. Right. But now when I'm rolling down the street, oh, it's a little bit of everything. Everything from. 70s, 70s and 80s rock to, uh, I don't know, there's hip-hop, there's rap, you know, uh, Tupac. Ah, <laughs> nice. Okay, okay. A little bit yeah. of that, and, and a lot of the newer stuff, too, Roddy Rich and ah. all that. I mean, Okay, okay, know. so yeah, just a, a, a balance of a little bit of everything, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, when it comes to the, you know, the situation on, being inside i think another thing is like a lot of people are working from home i think it's uh, you know going outside like if you're working from a computer like bring that computer outside like i just, yeah. I just yeah i moved into a house and i just made sure like i had chairs outside and and it feels good man it just feels good like i'll take my dog outside and just chill with him for probably 15 30 minutes and just yeah. look at the sun you know like just do a little like sun gazing you know mm -hmm. and that helps a lot because it's like you said the vitamin d is very important for you and it's uh a lot of uh, americans like don't have enough vitamin D, you know, it's the, and that's very important for this Corona thing, you know, this COVID. So I, I just think it, it's like, it, cause I, when I lived in Mexico, I was outside all the time, like running around. And when I came to the United States, it was like watch cartoons and stay inside and eat cereal and fucking just chill. Like, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's odd. Like, it's like Americans just, yeah. we'd like to be in, we'd like to be inside. Well, I think yeah. you mentioned, uh, I can't remember which one. I, I can't remember which podcast I saw, but you were talking about when uh, parents are raising the kids. And, you know, it used to be you, know, you take them outside or mm -hmm. do whatever. And now it's like, oh, well, here's a tablet. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think raising the roof of Texas what? Roadhouse. You know, I mean. So. Yeah, seriously. Do you, what kind of impact do you think that that has in a kid growing up where, like, if they cry, give them the tablet. If they're bored, give them a tablet. You know, uh, do you think... Uh, uh, what kind of uh, like, problems are they going to have right. uh, later on, do you think? It's very hard for them to self-soothe self is, a, is a good term. You know, they can't self-soothe. They, they, they need something. Right. It's like you've traded their binky for a tablet. And so when they're having those stressful moments... That you traded their pinky? Their binky. They're, 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 they're pacifier. pacifier. They're you pacifier, know, this, yeah. you know, they... You know, when they yeah. were babies, they had a pacifier, maybe. You take that off and they start, ah, they, they take it away, you know, and we get them weaned off the pacifier, but now what do we do? Oh, uh, we shove a phone or a tablet in front of them, and, and now if the battery runs out, which it will, because, right. man, they'll watch videos and play games, and then it's dead, and they don't want to leave it alone to charge or anything, mm -hmm. and now what are you going to do? They don't get out and do their own thing, and they need that imaginative go outside and play for a while get out there do the trampoline shoot some hoop do whatever you're gonna do ride a tricycle ride a bicycle get get out there and play here i bought you a skateboard go have fun you know like ba basically important. they're not looking at their surroundings or the what's going on it's just like 
like I see it at the barbershop all the time. Basically, the kids are there. Locked and in. And everything around them is like almost not eat. Like it's not there. It's just like they're just on the. Right. Crazy. Now, now, not to say that there's not a good time and place for those. If, if you're going to the barbershop and you need Junior to stay put for a while, hey, here's some videos. Go watch. I, I, I think that's okay, but it shouldn't be the only thing they know how to do. It, it should be, it's another tool in the toolbox, but you're it not always. It shouldn't be the only one you use, right. you know. Yeah, exactly. If that's the only coping skill, what happens when you don't have it? Right. Yeah, it's, it's like an addictive. Uh, exactly. It's like the casino. Like you see all those things going around. Like, yeah. That's... Hit the button. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. So you listen to like a lot of, of people and their stories and stuff like that. Um, do you let like when you have like a lot of negativity as far as like patience and stuff, do you let that like impact you or or like? How would how do you combat that? Like, <clears throat> as far as trying to not let it affect you and switch it, like switch it, like switch their mindset, you know? Right. Um, we try some reframing. You know, we we reframe the whole conversation and look at it in a different light. You know, if it was something that that was negatively impactful, some of that there's not. You know, if you were abused by your spouse, significant other or something, it's very hard to reframe that into something that is positive unless you look at it in the light of, okay, well, what did that motivate you to do? Okay, now you've come here to therapy. We're working on that. So that's something that we're going to work on moving past. I don't like let it go, move past, uh, or, uh, you know, get over it. I don't, I don't like that term because we don't actually get over things like that. We carry them forward with us, so we need to learn how to deal with them. Um, and that's kind of why you know you listen to somebody like you asked the question earlier av and i it's just we listen we find out what you want to do it's like okay well that's fine well what energy does that give you to do something different in your life what what energy does that give you to maybe ask certain questions and set better boundaries on your next relationship Uh or your next job because certainly jobs can become toxic just like you know it's a relationship like any other so what are we? What kind of goals and boundaries are we setting now so that doesn't happen? And that gives a, a future view. Okay, this this happened, but what lessons did I learn from it that I carry with me forward that yeah. it doesn't happen again? That'll make uh, the way I look at it is like that'll like make you a better, like you said, a better person. So if you fucked up in a relationship, right. now what did I do that that made that shit just? What could I take from it that so, so I can become next girl, better? So I can be a, and with the next one, I might fuck up too. But at right. least like I'll be, be better than I did with right. the last one, right. which kind of sucks in a sense because like damn, like she didn't get the best of me. Like she got the mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it happens. <laughs> like fuck, man, it happens. But, uh, but that's that's what dating is, right? You're, yeah. you're learning the other person. The other person's learning you, and you're learning how to enmesh someone else in your life. Yeah. And if, if you're going down the road and you're trying to do that and you find out, oh, I don't know, it's like trying to build a machine and, and you're a cog with square pegs, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they, they've got like teeth. Well, you're going to kind of work in a relationship, but it's not really going to work that well. You need to try to find somebody who has a lot of the same likes and dislikes and does things like you do mm-hmm. so that you can... You can just together. be there together, right. and not, it, it just feels good being there. Like It's right. not like you're forcing it. You're not like, to say that you don't need to change some things to be with them. There's compromises in any relationship, but you shouldn't compromise your in, 
entire person uh-huh. to be with them because you can only maintain that for so long. Mm-hmm. Honeymoon period is gone, and then now what you gonna do? Right? Because like, you fuck know this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we're already at it, so might as well. You know, you get you pretty much get a lot of couples, and I do have some couples. Yeah, uh, a lot of couples, a lot of, a lot more individuals. Although I do have some couples. Uh, a lot more individuals, and some of those come, and they've had relationship issues, and um, then we we talk about that. Okay, well, what are you doing here? What are you doing there? What are the boundaries you need to set next time? Maybe you don't move so fast into the relationship so that you can find out what she he is really like. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you shouldn't be getting married after knowing somebody for a month. Oh, I mean, God. Those, that's catastrophic those, failure yes. there. You know, you need to go down the road for a while and figure out if you're really going to like somebody before you get that far. And, and even a serious relationship at a certain degree, you need to give it some months to yeah. find out who they are. Do you, uh, um, do you recommend moving in quick as well? Because I think that's another Ooh. atrocious or catastrophic uh, it situation because it it's is. like because now you're still there. figure yeah you're you're there every day with them and then you're trying to figure each other out so it's like if it doesn't work then you're all like right you know well, i'm here now my name's on the list oh shit uh, that's <laughs> yeah. a, that's a that's a big one yeah i oh, always boy. say you know when i have my buddies that are very like i guess in love and and they're you know mm-hmm. planning on moving in i'm oh, like yeah. slow down my brother especially like chill bro yeah chill, chill. Chill. Yeah. At the young. end of the day, what I've learned though is that, or most people don't. You can because even with me, people. My dad would tell me, "Don't do this, don't do that," and I would still do it. Like people, you can tell them, but it's like they're not gonna listen. It goes back to you Why can take the horse happen to the water. It's up to them to drink it. You right. can't make them it's drink like, it. You can't make love them makes us blind. It's all that fuzzy butterfly stuff that fogs our mind and that's why going down the road two or three months and letting that fuzzy butterfly oh I can't wait to talk to her can't wait to talk to him kind of thing kind of we wanted to go away we we want to be out of that puppy love stage so we can find out if we're really like leveled like you can't get too high on like Steve said on one of the podcasts you can't get too high on the highs and too low on the lows, like you gotta kind of. That balance. You gotta be shit might be fucking awesome, but it might, you know, like crash. You gotta, it's, yeah, it's, right. it's a tough little because it's it's both sides, right? I mean, if we're feeling it, she's feeling it, and that hey, I'm not saying don't enjoy those three months or four months, however long it lasts. I mean, it's it's great, enjoy the moment, but just know that if you're getting down to the end of that three months, it's like, man, I, I think I'm gonna make, I'm gonna try to make it go with this. Okay, well. If you've been setting healthy boundaries the whole time with, no, I don't like that, I like this, and, and you're really learning about each other, you're going to get to that third or fourth month, and it's like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's do this. And you keep going for a while longer and, and see if it really good advice right there. last. Yeah. Solid advice. I never that, thought of that. Like, yeah. That's a- yeah. Don't do something in the first couple of weeks that you really don't like to do just because she says, oh, come on, baby. I mean, if you don't like it, let her know. I mean, there's pleasant ways to tell people that, no, I, I really don't like that. You know, you wouldn't sit down. This is another analogy I use, use with people. You wouldn't go into a restaurant and, well, I wouldn't because I don't like this. I wouldn't sit down in a restaurant and order liver and onions. No way in hell. Not going to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. And I'm not going to eat the meal. So if I go in there and order liver and onions, 
well, I'm committed now. I got to eat it. Because you paid for it. Because I paid for it. Yeah. No, no, no. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have a chimichanga, some lasagna, yeah. or, you know, I, you know, anything. Just not liver. <laughs> and the thing is, what gets me is why we're so, why do we want people to agree with us? Like, that's been a problem in my life where I, I would, I want people to agree with me. So that's what makes, makes it such a problem when, when like, uh, I guess you have different, like, you don't like this. So I, I don't, I'm not going to just I'll fuck with you because right. you don't like doing this when it's like, and it, it would bother me that it's like, I'm telling you the right thing. Why don't you want to do it? <laughs> I'm telling you the right <laughs> thing. Hey, but you're just doing the dumb, the dumb shit over there, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like so frustrating. I don't know. It's, it's uh, um, that you almost want. It's like if uh, I tasted a really good chicken sandwich and I'm like, bro, try this chicken sandwich. And it used to be I'd, I'd get like, this fool's tripping. You don't like this chicken sandwich? Like, yeah, and I, I, that's how a lot of people are. <laughs> like, they're just like. Like what you like, but let people like what they like, you know? And, exactly. And, and well, you want them to be an individual, right? Yeah. I mean, especially if you're, you're dating someone. But even in, even in uh, friendly relationships, you're, you're building a friendship with somebody. You want them to, I mean, that's kind of what draws you together because they like some things that you like, but, you know, you, you like separate things. So you can go off and do your own thing, and that's cool. Hey, I, I'm, I'm going to go down here, and I'm going to do this. Okay, well... That's cool. I'm going to go over here and do my thing. Yeah. And you can have some time apart, which is also important in any kind of a relationship is being able to have that time apart from each other and you don't feel so suffocated. Yeah, control. Like, I think it gets the a lot of people try to control the other person to l- have them think like they think. And it's like, bro, nobody's yeah. ever going to think just like you think. Like, it's mm-hmm. that's one failure. lesson that I had to learn. I had to learn it too. I would yeah. want motherfuckers to be on the same page as me. And I'm like, bro, I can just, why? Why is this not working? Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely an issue when it comes to that. Um, when it comes to like uh, letting go of a long term relationship, because you know it's not going to work, but it's like they've been together for so long, they're used to each other. But they know it's not going to work. Right. What is, like, the best way to handle it? What's the best way to, to let it go? The, the, the pull the trigger. Or, like much. you said, you can't let it go. You it's, carry it with you. It's, it's, it's like a Band-Aid. Got to rip you it know, off. You, gotta, you just got to. It's one of those things that if you know it's not working, if, if you know you're incompatible, well, at, at, at what point do you just call it and say, look, I mean, this is great i mean we're great friends and you can have that conversation and i think that's where the whole you know can we still be friends i think that's where that kind of comes from because you are good friends at some level it's just not a romantic it's just not a romantic thing anymore you didn't work and i think that's why not moving in too soon and dating for a while so you can try to kind of figure that out before you get into the mess. Yeah, because a lot of people tend to do to that. Is it because they're probably mesh. used to just being with somebody? Because, like, some people will, mm-hmm. like, leave a long-term relationship and then they'll go jump ahead right and into jump right into another one. It's yep. like, give, give yourself to heal first. Give yourself time to figure, like, exactly. where did you mess up? And yes. kind of go from there because, I mean, Before a, you go a breakup there. is not easy. A breakup leads to a lot of, like... Sadness trauma, and kinda. like you kind of like oh, man. trauma because yeah you're yeah. used to that person and then like when y'all break up y'all don't see each other anymore or like you're like damn she's fucking over there probably being a little slut 
<laughs> God damn it. Uh, Those concerns <laughs> might be there as well. They, they might be there. You yeah. know, they're there, you know, for sure. But, uh, like, yeah, I think it's, uh, it goes back to that, like, figuring yourself out and, like, giving it time, you know. But, uh, yeah. what, what gets me is how we never had any classes or, like, basically you have your first girlfriend and then you just fucking figure it out. Like, it's not like, uh, I mean, I guess now you can read books or, like, watch people on YouTube give you some advice, you know, like yeah. this, Tune this the half good court. stuff, but. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> let's do therapy with uh, Alex. Alex. Yep. Yeah, man. Yep. Yeah, um, uh, but, like, I mean, shit, when my first relationship, I mean, I'm sure your relationship, you, you decide to fucking do it and then trial and error, basically. Right? I, I still remember my first date, and I, I was, it was, what was it, eighth grade? Maybe seventh, eighth grade, something like that. And I'd ask this girl out at the dance, and whew, I was psyched. So, of course, I can't drive. So we pull up in her driveway, and the dad's kind of looking at me. I'm like, well, honk the horn. Because <laughs> that's what we always did, right? Honk the horn. My friends come out of the house, get in the car, we go. And dad's like, oh, no, no. Uh-uh, that's not how this works. You're, you're on a date. You get yourself out of the car. You're going to walk up there. You're going to ring the Knock doorbell. The you're going to meet her parents, and, and you're going to walk her back to the car. And when you get back here, you're going to open up the car door. You're going to let her in, and then you're going to go around the car and get in the other side. You you're got like, me? Oh, shit. And I'm like, oh. It's a lot says, of work. Yeah, that's what men do. You know, and, and we had that conversation. And, I, you know, and, and so I was like, okay, I got that. And it worked like a charm, too, because I got the slow dance, and everything was great. Man, uh, one thing that kind of triggered something you mentioned about the, you know, opening the door, meeting the parents and stuff. Um, Something triggered that uh, there's a basketball player named uh, Carlos Arroyo from Puerto Rico. And he posted a picture of him on a date with his daughter. And he's like, I take my daughter on a date from time to time. And I be the most gentleman person I can be. I can, you know, like that way she can get. Like, she can get familiar with what is a real gentleman. How, how, how she's right. supposed to be treated. How she's yes. supposed to be treated. I'm like, whoa, yeah, that cool. makes sense. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, even, like, if you grow up with, like, no father side or mother side yeah. and, like, nobody's there to and, teach you and those things. And that's where girls fuck up and have right. those, like, daddy issues because the right. dad wasn't there. So then they're looking for a guy that's going to, like, comfort them like a dad would, which is kind of fucking, I don't but know. But even other guys, else, even... Like, even uh, like guys will just talk and tell the girls what they want to hear and then go and ends up yeah. getting her Manip- pregnant and then leaving. And man- yeah. And, uh, you just got to know, I feel like you just got to know, you know, not be too quick with it. Take your time. Cause if it's really going to work out, it's going to work out there. It's just going to be a matter of time. But I think that was pretty interesting just to kind of, yeah, that's well, a yeah. good. For in the future, when I become a parent, you know, just to know. Oh, absolutely, because then she is better able to see what she wants in a guy. A, a guy, and you watch movies, and, and you see what you want in a girl, you see what you want in a guy, and you see how they treat it. So you need to, and and again, this is going back to your comment that was, man, I got to set these boundaries. I'm going to let you know what I like and what I want. And if I'm not getting that, and if it's in a certain kind of red flag area, you know, oh, well, you know, he's not opening doors for me. Work, yeah. He's, you know, mm-hmm. he's, you know, kind of, he's not attentive to me when we're on the day. You know, he's always looking at other women. Ding, 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 red flag. Okay, well, this will probably be the only date with him. <laughs> yeah. And you've got you, to stay true to yourself on that one, mm-hmm. not 
have that voice in the back of your head saying, oh, he can change. <laughs> uh, bro, he's showing you exactly who he is right now. This is the first date. This is when he should be on his best, absolute best behavior, and he's not showing you any of that. He's already fucking up. Yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. And that's, uh, I feel like with, at least in my experience, a lot of times what makes that, like what blinds it is like the beauty of the girl. Like she's so fucking hot that you're just like, fuck the red flags. Like, and that's bad. That's like, uh, (laughs) but I think that happens a lot to people. They're just like, man, she's so hot that I don't care. She's kind of crazy. Like, (laughs) yeah, that's, but that's like taking a job you don't like because the money's good. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's the same, you know, it's the same kind of relationship catastrophe waiting to happen because six months from now, you're going to hate the job. You're not performing. You don't want to get up and go to work. Well, the same thing with it. Man, I don't know if I want to go. Oh man, she's texting me again. I got to do that. Or, you know, it happens on the the girl side too. Oh man, he's texting me again. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to go out on Friday night with this guy, you know? Well, you know, he looked good, so you dated him, and now you're stuck because it's six months down the road and you're too enmeshed. Well, you got to rip the Band-Aid off and just say, uh, it's not working for me. I got my own future goals, and you're not part of it. Right. So with the whole changing thing, how, in your experience, how often do you think people actually change? Like, if you could take a wild guess, like, do people actually change? Sure. After uh, you said a breakup? No, like, let's say I'm, I keep fucking up. I keep fucking up. Oh, in a relationship. Fucking up. And then oh, okay, okay. I'm like, oh, no, no, babe, I'm going to change. I swear I'm going to change. Like, do people actually change? Or does, uh, like, from your experience, like, does the pattern just keep going most times? Or do It can. It can. You have to want to, though. And that's how therapy works, is that you want change. You're seeking change. And it's... Well, you can't quit smoking unless you want to, right? Yeah. Because if you, if, if you love it, you know, you can't quit anything. You can't get, quit doing any habit, any bad habit that you want to stop unless you really, really, really want to do it. Well, I want to go work out because I got a little extra. Okay, well, I obviously don't really, really want to do it yet because I'm not in the gym. <laughs> yeah. So if you really – I think the, the, the marriages – that I've seen, you got two people come into the room and they sit down and they're in therapy at some level. They all want, both of them want some change and they're willing to change some part of them to try to make the marriage work. They've got kids, they've got a house or whatever is going on. None of them want me to sit there and say, Hey, you know what? It's not your fault. It's, it's all his fault. No, everybody that's in therapy wants to know, okay, well, what can I do to contribute to the relationship? What can I do that can change? And what do you want out of the relationship? Is it wholesomeness? Is it romantic love? Is it, is it Have partner? you ever had to give them a breakdown when it comes to the couples where you're like, this ain't working. Y'all got to end it. I haven't had that yet. No? No. Well, that's, the tough, that boy, that's a tough thing to do, though, to, to just tell somebody that. Like, how, who are you to just say that? Like, even though, even though there might be, like, like, to me, even though you might see it from the outside, it's like, damn, I don't know if I could, if you could, can you just? Like, I, yeah, that's a Not very, really. it's, it's a, a very, fuck, I mean, because that's, well, that's such a, 
almost ethical boundary. Right. Yeah. Where right. I'm not going to sit in the room and say. Because that could. Bro, you need to leave her. <laughs> I can't do that. I, I just, yeah. I, I, I can't, yeah. I can't do it because now I'm putting my opinions, my thoughts into their head. Yes. And trying to coerce. My question is, well, what do you want to do? What do you want? You give them that option. You see, this is going on. You give them the option. It's got to be their choice. What do you want to do? You give me, you give me a direction, and I will support you in that direction of which way we're going to go. You, you let me know where the road is, and I'll help you work it out. But it's got to be their decision. Free will. I, I, can't, yeah. color, I can't color for them. <laughs> okay, so I have a scenario. Let's say it's a girl in a relationship, and she just... The guy is doing really bad, and he, she basically has to take care of him because I've seen this happen quite a couple times. Like, like the dude is just fucking up. He keeps fucking up, fucking up, and the girl's like, "I don't want to leave him because if I leave him, he's gonna fucking die." Basically, like he's already fucked up. What does one do in a situation like that? Ooh, that's tough. That's a tough one. But uh, I'd have to say, you know, then we have that. Then we have that conversation. Then we have that conversation with her about well, we we go back to that. What do you want out of life? I think in, in, where you're headed. What do you want to do? Yeah. What are the red flags we've talked about? What do you want out of this? You know, because then it's. I mean, it's obvious. Okay. Well, how many times have you been around with this? Well, you know, he hasn't changed. It's been three years. Okay. Well, is he abusive? What's he doing? Because if it's an abusive relationship, then. That's another ethical situation because it's like, well, you know, so you're going to let him keep hitting on you? What's going on? I mean, why? Why are you going to allow that to happen? You know, those are different situations. I mean, everything within context. Um, Yeah, it it is crazy, and it goes back to, I think, when it comes to, like, long-term relationships because I have a family member that is – they have a very unhealthy relationship. Like, they've been together now, I want to say, seven years and she's cheated on him. They both cheated on each other just to say that, and it's just been, they've been through scenarios where one messes up their car, the other one, you know, but like they still, the they'll, they'll, they'll say they're going to separate, they're going to do go through the divorce and this and that, but they end up back, and it's very unhealthy. Like, you can mm-hmm. just see it, but why, like, I know you got you need like probably more information to understand it, but it's like at this point I would think like maybe it's some kind of like uh, like those situations or something like one that. Of those where like, you look at it and you're like, are you fucking crazy, bro? Right. But like, then they don't see it, but you can't exactly. tell them they're crazy. I'm right. like, I, I right. told them like, man, what is wrong with you? Like, <sighs> are you just like to be miserable? Because that's what he's like. It sounds like every time you talk, but then you go back to her, you know. And it's like it goes back to maybe you need more information, but it's like. If it's toxic, if it's unhealthy, why stay? You know? We get addicted to that. You think it's is that? We, we get addicted to that. We get addicted to the times when things are good. And we compromise away our boundaries and what we know would be best for us out of the, yeah, but man, this is so great, and this is great, and this is great. Yeah, but... Look at this. <laughs> it's like going back What's to up the with jo- all this like over here? You going know? to the job thing is like when you get the paycheck. And then yeah. you can go buy a bunch of cool shit. Right. You and then, right. but then you fucking no. don't remember that you money. had to do payroll and all that dumb shit. Yeah, I got the money. I got the money, but man, I hate the job. Right. Uh, 
And we, sometimes we get stuck in that. You know, if it's a job, you get, you get stuck in that grind where, well, now I've got the house and the car and i got the bills. Well, now where do I go? Because, you know, I've I got to find a job that replaces that money so I can maintain where I am. And in a way, the romantic relationship is kind of the same way. It's just not really necessarily with money. I mean, maybe it is. I mean, it's we with got the pleasure. bills together. Ple- you know, the, we're living the, in there, the, you know, the sex is great, you know, or, or whatever it is. And we rationalize and we give away our boundaries that in any normal situation, I'm going to listen to you saying, it's like, man, I, d- I don't know. How do I get out of it? Man, you just don't go back. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, and, and when, you know, if it's, if it's that toxic, the, the question kind of answers itself if you're sitting in the therapy room. Well, I, I, I don't know, but I see a lot of red flags here. How are you going to solve them? What are you going to do? Maybe he likes toxic. Maybe. Which is unhealthy. Well, like, it's well, like unhealthy. you said, uh, it gets addictive. Like, I feel like the mind games, uh, they get, uh, that's what happens. They get addictive, basically. It's just like, uh, oh, well, let me get a reaction out of him and then. He's exactly. like, let me get a reaction out of her, and it just right. becomes a fucking. Well, and in that situation, that's where if you if if you have them both in there, one thing that we talk about a lot, and uh, Alex and I did a whole podcast on it once, was called "Fair Rules of Fighting," right? And when you have conflict in there, most couples, one of the first things they their go to in in when you have a relationship and you got conflict in the relationship, I'm going to pull out something that happened like two weeks ago. Well, you did this. Is and that... then she's going to go, oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, you remember last month when you did this, and all of a sudden our past has been weaponized. Wait a minute. Hold on. What happened last year? We already went through that. I apologize for that. We talked it through, and we made up. Why are we now going to fight over it now a year later or a week later? Even a week later is bad. You right. got an issue with somebody, you deal with it right then. You don't yell. You don't cuss. You don't swear. You don't weaponize your past. Mm. You compromise and... God, you got to listen. Yeah. You got to listen to the other person. You got to say, oh, well, you know, what, give me your feedback. What, what, what's going on? Yeah. What did I do wrong? And you actually got to listen to her or you got to listen to him, whichever way it goes. it's going. Because I know we got yeah, I've been in ladies out there listening yeah, to this I've too. Been in so those it's, situations. it's both. You, well, you did this. You did that. Dang, dang, yeah. just keep well, hitting you. Know, like, but, you know, nobody likes that. Right. You know, nobody likes good, that huh? when you're having conflict. And, and that works, you know, for. For job situations, too, you know, you can't always keep beating a guy over the head because, you know, two weeks ago, you know, he lost a big account. Okay. And what, what, yeah. what has he done in the last two weeks? You know, has he tried to make good on that? Or, I mean, you can't, you can't keep beating somebody up with it. You got to let it. You got to address it and then let it, let it, let it go. Yeah, we're going to apologize for it. We're going to figure out whether, you know, there is no failure, only lessons. So what did we learn from that, and how are we going to move forward with that? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, you got mad at me because I wasn't taking the trash out. You communicated that, and I've been taking the trash out. So why are we arguing tripping. about that why now? We, you know, yeah, right. you're tripping. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing my house chores. I've, you know, I'm not being lazy. I got it done. Why are yeah, we yelling uh, about it? That was I think that ago. goes back to, like, people don't like having those tough conversations, like, just... Just not. They don't want to address the. What do they say? The monkey in the uh, the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's painful because you know when you bring the situation up, it's going to be uncomfortable. No, no matter what it is, it's going to be uncomfortable with me because she's going to have something to come back to me with. So now we've got to discuss it, man. But if you it it's it's like 
having some kind of wound on your body, and if you don't address it and take care of it, it will get worse, it will fester, and it just it doesn't get better, it gets worse with time. And mental health is the same way, and especially in a relationship, because those issues fester, and if you're not discussing it, whether you bring it up or not, you know, you pass each other in the hallways, and you're doing things in the house, and, oh, she's thinking about it, yeah. and so are you. You know, whichever way it is and whoever did what, y'all thinking about it. And it's a matter of time before the... And it's that, it's that backpack again, right? We're just right. adding more stuff and more stuff and more stuff, and pretty soon we get this big mountain of crap that we got to try to figure out. And that's that explosion it's that happens every up. couple of weeks, and it's like, oh, well, you know... John and Jill, they're fighting again. You know, it's about that time. You know, yeah. Every two weeks, yeah, they're going to be broke up. Man, oh, don't worry, go. but he, he'll be back by Wednesday. Man, I think uh, that's another <laughs> it's one. It's crazy because I, yeah. I, I, like, I've seen that happen. Where they break oh, up, go back, God. break up, go back, and it's just so. so where it's just like, stop talking to me about it, bro. Like, I don't want to hear it. Exactly. No, yeah, I've, I've, I've had, I've worked and, like, and been able to build a relationship with people and, and I've seen where it's that, that, that constant breakup. Like, I feel like if you know you're going to get back with that person, you don't, don't call it a breakup or don't even do, like, consider it a breakup. Like, just, I, hey, a I timeout. Feel, I feel like when, like, yeah, it goes I, I like that. We're having, a, we're having a timeout. Wait, we're, it's a, you know. We're having some. We're uh, going to get back. Like, it's gonna, it's we're gonna, having it, some intense negotiations. Right, exactly. But you don't want to bash your girl or you don't want to bash your significant other. To all your friends, because then they yeah, get a perception, right? And the that vibe, clouds the, the way the vibes they, get all weird when I she comes around. Now the way they interact oh, with your significant other is you, you talked all that dicey. shit about her, and right. then now you bring her to the party, and goofy, you're like, goofy, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. So, so it's uh, that's why, like I, I you know, I, tend I think to keep it, it goes private. back to the addiction thing, though. Like when people, that's what I can compare that to is like a drug addict that says I'm done, and then like. Two days later, you see them fucking at it again. Like, that's how the relationships are. Like, at that moment, they're probably like, all right, fuck this. I'm done. But then, like, two days later, they start missing each other, and then they're like, right. Back. It, like, uh-huh. it goes back to also, like, you know, not letting your emotions take over or make decisions or say anything, you know. Or being afraid to be alone. Or that's another one, too. Because you had brought that up, too. You know, why do you go from one relationship to another? Well, man, spend some time alone. Figure out who you are. Figure out what lessons you learn from the old relationship that broke up and find, try to figure out what you're going to do better next time because whatever you had here is not working. And, you know, maybe you need extended time apart so you can figure out, well, okay, maybe I did this wrong, that wrong, and maybe you do come back together after a, after a timeout or, or something, you know. But you need to figure out who you are because if you're not taking care of you and you are not healthy, how can you share yourself with somebody else? Yeah, because you gotta, you can't depend on another person for happiness. I feel like you need to find happiness, happiness within yourself. Yes, and then the rest is just gonna come when right. you when it's the time. So right, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. I think that's very. Big. You can want somebody, but you shouldn't ever feel that you need somebody. And you know, you should be good on your own, and you want to share your life with somebody else and have somebody to walk around the park with or like you said share not necessarily share. like right yeah share those things that you like and then i've got my own things and you've got your own things we'll, we'll have our separate alone time and that's good that's yeah. good yeah. that's healthy because then we can come back and we can do the things that we really like to do together. yeah instead of being so obsessive and like uh based on what i've seen as far as like um at least on social media like 
a lot of couples are they have that like long-term success is when they have at least one thing in common like fitness couples they have the gym in common maybe mm-hmm. she likes doing drawing on the side he likes doing gaming to give you an example but when it's time to work out they can come together when it's time to cook healthy meals they can come together so at least mm-hmm. have something in common where it brings you guys even closer right right i think that that definitely helps i think one thing if you know nothing else one key to a relationship is you have to continue to date that person ah uh, we're married now what do you mean what do you mean date? it's over that's a, what that, do you mean date all that is over i mean date dude i mean you can't you have to have that time where just you and your significant other go out and do something together yourself you have to continue to date that other person bring flowers open doors or or you know uh the cute little pet names you got for each other. Don't forget to, you know, kiss her on the forehead or my you know, friend the other day on Snapchat. He, he got roses for his girl, and then he he put, "You got us a you got to surprise your girl once in a while, or else she might surprise you." Uh, <laughs> man, so much truth in that snap. Oh, what a poet! <laughs> There's a lot of truth. That's a good to that. one, man. That's blunt. I like that. I like I just that. Made, Shout out to whoever that made my case. Yeah, Shout out to my guy David. That was that was the David's got it going on. That was a good. One. <laughs> was it Dave? No, no, another David. Another Dave. Okay, yeah. okay. Still, still wise. <laughs> okay, Very so wise. we talked earlier about alcohol and how people drink alcohol when they're sad and stuff like that. Why is it okay to do that when we know that alcohol is a depressant and makes you feel like shit the next day? Why do we do it? Why is it a culture thing? Money. Ooh, money. That's a good one. Uh, trying to blow off steam. Um, it's just something that's so ingrained in our society that, oh, man, hey, I had a long I, it was Went through a, a breakup. Let's go drink. At, at, at work, man. I'm going to go crack a beer. I'm going to do this, do that. Oh, man. You know, Johnny broke up. Come on, man. We're going to take him out getting drunk this weekend. Oh, man. I, that's, I just don't agree with it. <laughs> it's just it's not healthy. And it doesn't lead to a good place because then it builds that coping skill that, okay, every time something negative happens, I'm going to get drunk. And one thing leads to another, and and that's how it builds on alcoholism and all this other. I think if you want to go off and blow off some steam, have a dinner, go out and have some fun with friends. I don't think a beer is any, you know, or, you know, wine. You know, I don't think drinks with friends is necessarily wrong. Or bad it's just excessive. context, everything in moderation mm-hmm. is okay. But I think if you're going to take somebody out that's had a rough week and had a breakup or whatever it is, I think you need to moderate how much they have and and work at trying to cut them off if you know they're in a bad spot because they that, will keep it going and they will take it to that nth degree and nobody wants to see their friend, you know, where you got to carry them out of the club and put them in the car and then they're in such a dark place that, I don't know, uh, personal experience, it's going to bring the whole vibe down. If you're trying to have a good time, you want to go out and try to find something fun that's going to get the mind off of whatever negativity was going on. Yeah. And a whole bunch of alcohol ain't going to get you there. Yeah, that's because then yeah, y'all going to be playing therapist to a drunk, <laughs> and that oh, uh, uh-uh, that don't go good places. Yeah, that's a good one because you can't reason with a drunk. So if somebody shows up to therapy drunk, you send them home. 
I probably, I probably would. Uh, you know, it's like, hey, man, you want to do this another time? <laughs> you know, unless now if it's a crisis situation, I'm going to stay. I'm going to, I'm going to engage, and we're going to try to find a safe place for them. How did you get here? Did you Uber? Because if you drove, bro, I'm calling somebody. Where's your emergency contact? Because you are not driving away from here. Not like that. Yeah. Uh, I've never had it happen, but I mean that would that would be kind of that would be how I would handle that situation. Let's yeah. talk about how you're gonna. You know, I've talked with people that come in. They're not drunk, but they're certainly in a crisis state where, you know, the depression is heavy. That suicide is way up on their to do list. Do you get uh, a lot of those? I have not. Uh, not in private practice. Um, we used to, you know, I, I worked the hospital for several years, and so we would have them come in after they'd been to the hospital, and they knew they needed to come. I had many that way. Uh, in private practice, I've only had a couple, and in those, you know, it's just like, well, we need to make sure you're safe, and what are you feeling? And again, I do a lot of listening, and we just try to bring that around in a, in a reframing to where they're like, yeah, well, yeah, maybe it, maybe it is safer that I do that. Or, you know, you I like that reframing. Cause I think that's in most situations, like you can turn a negative into a positive. If you just reframe it, like if you sit there and look at the, like, let's say the breakup or whatever, like what are the pros, what are the cons? And then it'll be, you kind of calm down as opposed to when you're just thinking of the, uh, the cons, you're, Mind goes crazy. Well, you're in the middle like, of the yeah, and in the middle of the breakup, you're thinking about how much you love the other person and this and that. And oh, they're gone and all. Okay, well, let's reframe that. What last week you were in here and you were talking about how crappy he treated you. Yeah, he was doing this, he was doing that, she was doing this, she was doing that, whatever it is. And you just have that conversation. So, is this breakup really a bad thing? Yep. Think about the That's, possibilities. You know, yeah. think about you know you didn't like it because. This, 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 and, and, you know, once you, you know them and you've listened to them long enough, you know all these things that the other person's been doing. Okay, so why was this bad again? Tell me why you're so upset. Look at all these red flags. Look, yeah. at, all, look at all this shit that you said you didn't like. You don't have to do that ever again. You don't have to put up with any of that ever again. Yeah. I mean, why yeah. would you want to go back? You know, he was he was beaten up. Oh, because I love him. Wanted, yeah, They'll probably love hit. Him. Yeah, no, you don't love him. You love the idea of him. You love the idea of what he could be if he oh. wasn't an asshole. Fuck. Right? You love the idea of the other person. It has nothing to do with. And that's I crazy, man. Because we we do that, that a person. lot with everything. Like we fantasize about shit. Like whatever it is, we start fantasizing and imagining things and like. What could it be? And then that's where I think people just get let down because it's like, bro, you basically made that all in your head and it's not real. <laughs> and now you're disappointed and like, ah, it didn't turn out how I wanted to be. And now there's be. the anxiety and the stress because you're not who I wanted. Well, but you're down the road. You moved in in three months. So now we got a lease together and all this. I got to put up with you for 12 months. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. And all that stress of you're not what I really wanted. Um, man. Well, you didn't set those boundaries early on to try and figure out just exactly, okay, are we really compatible or do I just enjoy the idea that we've gone out a few times over the last few months and we've had a really, really great time? And I enjoy that time, but yeah. you're, you're not living together material because I've seen your apartment and you don't know how to clean right. or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now, if Wes was the president, 
And they go ahead and give you this report that says, hey, in the United States, there's this many suicides. There's this many depression. What would you think could be the solution to that? Because, I mean, it's a thing, you know, Uh, depression, suicide, drug addiction, drug addiction, you know, it's it's all up. All that is currently skyrocket, especially Mm -hmm. with this whole situation. Right. What do you think is the solution, Mr. President? Oh, well, glad you asked that question. Actually, a rather easy answer too. Well, we start a we start a campaign um, about suicide awareness. I think this is Suicide Awareness Month. In fact, so is it? Funny you brought that up. Yeah. Um, so we need to destigmatize mental health and mental health services. It doesn't need to be something that we remove funding from. I think it needs to be a little higher on our list of things. If we improve mental health. For all Americans, we give everyone more access to health care and specifically mental health care. I think that would go a long way in preventing some other medical issues that come up. Because if you're in a positive frame of mind, if you're more positive about your outlook, it, it does have an effect on the rest of your body when you're living under stress and anxiety and that weight and depression and all of that. You know, you can't live well hiding in your bedroom all the time. And, you know, uh, that's not to say that we need to medicate everybody either. Medicines certainly have their place to help us level out a little bit, kind of stabilize, and then we can get into therapy and we can talk about the issues, deal with them, move forward from them. But certainly removing the stigma of mental health and making more accessible to everyone that is uh, the best plan that sounds uh yeah more reasonable than what they're doing right now because it seems like based on what uh friends of mine had told me like i had a friend of mine that uh, said that during this whole covid situation she was going through a, a panic attack anxiety and stuff and she went to the doctor and all they did was just give her some pills here you go some antidepressants here's some little some little some little xanax and that's what the doctor's going to do right because that's that's what doctors do and that's their place but um and part of the reason why there's a, a team effort if you go to a psychiatric facility we have treatment team once a week for the residential patients and this was so that the patient therapist and certainly when you're in acute status that's a daily thing but you sit down with the doctor a therapist and a nurse and we work in okay what are you working on in therapy okay well here's the meds we're going to give you to try to stabilize you and and here's because we want you to be safe but it's all a package deal and i think at that how point, expensive is that the sorry hosp- to cut the hospital? you off like Ooh. let's say right now i needed to go to a place like that to you get have insurance? all that no is it through insurance i barely got papers <laughs> Um, <laughs> Damn, maybe. <laughs> is it? Is uh, it? If uh, in, yeah, the hospital just take just to throw a number, just, just so like people that. know, oh, like just man, I can't, I can't remember how much it costs on a day. I know it's expensive. I know you could stay at the Hampton Inn for cheaper, but you get twenty four hour around the clock supervision care. Yeah, life changing. Like I mean, if you do, yeah, do treat it's like right being in the hospital, right? I think. The better answer to that would be if you feel that you need to go, don't wait until it's so severe. And this is, this is the whole Obamacare, 
what was good about that was opening up that access to everyone so that they had preventative care because too many people were going and they would wait. They didn't have a, a, a primary care, so they couldn't go to the doctor and they didn't have insurance. So they would wait. And then when it got serious, they show up in the ER. Now we got tens of thousands of dollars of bills that the people are still paying, right? And now it's an emergency situation. Don't wait. Well, if we give you access to preventative care, if you mm-hmm. can go see a therapist and we make that easier for you, then you're more likely to get stable on your own, work through your issues on your own, and not have to go to the hospital. The, the goal is not to put you in the hospital. Mm-hmm. It's to keep you out of the hospital. Right. Yeah. You, and even when we had kids in the hospital, they'd be like, oh, I don't want to be. Well, okay, well, that's up to you, man. I don't, I don't want you here either. I want you well, stable, and going home because you live a better life at home. And that's where I want you. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't yeah. want you in the hospital. I would want you to call me before it gets to that point so we can talk it out and maybe mm-hmm. find out, oh, okay, well, I can do this. I can do this. You're, you're actually going to listen to me? Yeah, man, no judge. I, I, no judging. Just tell me what's going on. Pretty much make it more ex, like accessible for your, you know, for the people that really need it, you know. Yeah. That's, yeah, I think that's a good. Yeah, got to be available. Yeah. And your friends aren't going to do it for you. You should never make your friends or your significant other your therapist. That just, that just means your friends are going to see you calling and go, Oh, God, there he is. There, yeah. Like he's going to talk about, it. oh, man, I don't have time for that. And so your friends stop. I got my own problems. What right, you mean? Right, right. Like, I got my own problems, with, He man. would go you with this listen to bullshit. Me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so they're just going to push that phone off to the side, and it's going to be like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> your phone's ringing. No, it's not. <laughs> and they start ignoring you, and now you feel more isolated, more alone. More no, depressed. No, more. you need to find a therapist. You need to sit down. You need to talk to somebody that – is there to listen to you and we'll keep that stuff within that room. Cause you don't necessarily want your friends to know all your business anyway. You don't hang, you don't hang your laundry in the front yard. Uh, right. You know, so you don't, you don't do that. Don't put it out on front street. If you got some issues, you want to tell your friends, Hey man, I'm just going through some shit right now. Um, I found a good therapist though. I'm working through it, but man, y'all just support me. Okay. Yeah. yeah I got you. I got you, man. You go do you. Don't be we'll, such an we'll, asshole. We'll right. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, very interesting. So you know, West twenty twenty for president. You know, uh, I think hey, that's a good that's like a good it. strategy. Doesn't sound I like too it. bad, man. Doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's a good thing, and because uh, either way, well, we're messed up. You know, this twenty twenty election is gonna go. Okay, so I have another one. Um, dun, dun, dun. I read this book called The Four Agreements. I don't know if you've read it. Never have. Okay, it's called The Four Agreements. And I might have to take a note on that one. They talk about domestication, so how we're all domesticated to be a certain person. or uh, Like, how does one break that? How do you just, fuck it, I don't want to go to college. I'm going to go do what I want. I'm, uh, I don't care what my parents think. I don't care what my sister thinks. Like, how, how does one get the balls to go through and do what they want to do and what makes them happy? Mm-hmm. Well, your name's Isaiah, and at some point, somebody put a little bug in your ear that you could own your own body shop by the time you're 21, and you just say, yeah, that's going to be me, and I'm going to do it. I mean, that's college isn't for everybody, and college doesn't get everybody where they need to be. You go to college and get a degree, uh, like he said, he doesn't know what he would do if he went to college. But he does know that when he gets done with Metrotech, He's going to have his certifications. 
and he can just start working on cars. Boom, day one. He graduates. He's done. He go find himself a job, and he can he, he, he start jobbing, getting some money, stacking that paper, and pretty soon he has enough. He starts his own shop. He's not working for anybody another day in his life. And I, I think that's amazing. And I think if you come with that argument that, hey, well, you know, Mom, Dad, I know you want me to go to college, but, hey, I want you to look at this because – if you want to go and work at Dell, I mean, I worked at Dell. I was a manager. I was a hiring manager. I had many people come in there, and they said, yeah, I got a four-year degree. I got that. I don't care about no four-year degree. What kind of certifications you got? What can, can you, you work on table? a computer? Can you work on a computer? That's what I want to know. Can you work on servers and switches, network stuff? Come on, man. What you got? Because that's what I'm interested in. Most of those guys didn't have college degrees. They had certifications. They'd been to Francis Tuttle. Metrotech, Canadian Valley, wherever these career techs are located and got some skills, whether it's working on cars, being a plumber. Mm-hmm. Plumbers don't go to college. and They make a shit ton of money. Yes, they do. I got a friend so, of mine just retired mm-hmm. out of Florida, packed up and moved to North Carolina because that's where his, uh, that's where his daughter's at. No, he didn't go to college. And he I was think, in the Marine Corps. Yeah, I think they're making it like a lot more... Like, they're knocking away the college degree. Like, a lot of jobs don't require that anymore. They're requiring more of, like, what can you bring to the table? Because I think Google's one, uh, it was like, I think it was Google and another big company that really didn't. I want to say Microsoft. I could be wrong, but those yeah. don't require any, like, a no, high school those diploma. No, those are techie. They want you to have right. the, the certifications. They want you to have some hands-on skills of what can you do for me. Um, I don't care about that. You, you're going to go work in a kitchen and cook. I don't need a, a four-year degree in what? I mean, maybe if you went to Culinary Institute of America, Johnson Wales, Cordon Bleu, something like that, that that would apply. Yeah, sure. But, no, they want to make sure you can cook lunch. And plumbers, I want to make sure that you know how to properly install a hot water heater, and college doesn't teach you that. I think if there are certain jobs, though, that require college. You know, you want to be an architect. You want to be a doctor, therapist. Right, we need those. We need to be a therapist. You got to, you know, to have a license, you got to go, you got to go to several years of school. And that's important. If that's what your thing is, then you look at, okay, well, what kind of a degree program do we get in to get there? And, and what college do I want to go to? Because it's got the best program, in my opinion, or whatever. And I think then it has a... It, it has an impact depending on what you want to do. But some jobs, college is just a waste of time and money for some kids. And I've said that, I've said that at the hospital and some parents, their eyes grow wide. I know. I want my kids to They're ready to, to come college. across the room, it, right? And yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. Put the chocolate away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ready to hit me, man. It's like, no, 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 no. Because I'm telling you, right now he's the, 17, got yeah. a seventh grade education. Little Johnny is not going to college, so let's work on some career tech stuff where he can get some marketable skills, and he can be a success. For the parents, it's more of a trophy thing. Like, oh, my kids went to college, and they graduated. They got this yeah. you know, well, degree on this. Well, they're trying to this. live their life, what maybe they didn't do or they wanted to do through their kids. You're, you're, exactly, you're, yeah. You're, you're projecting your wants, desires onto your child, and you cannot do that. All you're going to do is have fights with your kids, and right. you're going to build animosity because... I don't want to do this, Dad. No, you're going to be an accountant because yeah. that's what your grandfather was and you're going to own the family business. I don't want to do There's like tons of movies out there. 
that discuss that very thing right there. Yeah. I want to sell some weed, bro. I want to have my own dispensary. <laughs> I was like, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, okay. Yeah, all right, bet. We can you know do that. Say, we can do that. A little, a little dispo. Yeah. Um, so. Um, okay, so your advice would be to basically tell your, so tell them what you want to do and explain to them why, why you want to do it and then. Yeah, it's well, a conversation. It's a conversation. And again, there's kind of some conflict there, right? So we, we put it in the context of I, all those fair fighting rules where I'm going to communicate with you. I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to curse. I'm not going to do all that. I'm going to listen to you, Mom and Dad, but I need you to listen to me too. And look, here's, here's all the paperwork. You know, this guy came from, from Metro Tech, and this is the career path. I really like doing this, and this is what I want to do. And, and, and look at this. I researched the jobs. Don't worry, it's a good career market, and I can go anywhere because, man, people yeah. are going to need me to work on their cars wherever I am. I don't have to stay here in OKC. I, you know, I, you know, I've always looked at getting out of this state and doing all this. I can do this in Florida. I can do it, yeah. you know, wherever I want to live. I think for the for the teenager that wants to have that conversation, maybe they're thinking in the back of their head, like, man, do I want to really have this conversation with my parents? And maybe like I'm going to let them down and. They're mm-hmm. probably going to start yelling then, at me. Uh, uh, so they try, yeah. sometimes they just avoid it and then oh, go yeah. with what they, the parents want instead of doing what yeah. they actually want. What, I, what again, I've seen also is like a lot of times parents will cut them off. So like it's like if you're not doing what we want, then you're not. Yeah, go, go, go do your own. Like, so at that point, the kids are like, oh, shit, now I got to fuck it. I guess I'll be an engineer because if not, that isn't going to support me. It no can more. go that way or it can go the complete other way that they resign themselves to doing that. And then what do you have? Well, you know, yeah. It goes back Little to Johnny the went to college, good pay, shitty job. Now he's 25, 26 years old, and he's got a job he hates. And he's in debt. Married, kids, house. Oh, and now, man. you know, and he hates getting up in the morning, hates going to work, doesn't like anything that he's doing because that's what the family does. We're a family of doctors, and you, by God, you're going to – Right. The crazy wants one to be too a doctor. is when people have that like they've been like you said throwing all that on them, and then out of nowhere right. they'll just be like fuck it, and then they let it all go. So it's like a, they have that midlife crisis. So at like thirty six, right, forty years old, it's right. like damn, you're starting a new family. You're starting a or they rebel earlier before they even get to college, and then that's how you get seventeen eight year olds out there causing trouble, getting into jail, and all that. Well. Fine, I'm still not going to college, but uh, they don't want to support me. I'm just going to do my thing anyway, and now they're out there just wilding. Yeah. Damn. Um, so kind of talk to us about how the whole – because you do Let's Do Therapy with Alex. Right. How did – like he mentioned in, when, he had, when he had, we, we had him in the podcast, he mentioned that he reached out to you, and uh, you were down. So, like, you're always down for this kind of stuff and, like, oh, yeah. big, big fan of it, huh? Oh, I am. Yeah, I am. You guys do that every Friday? The, the Close to it. I think we're up to about 30 podcasts. I mean, we sometimes take weeks off and all that. But now we've been doing it about a year now, I guess That's it is. crazy. So he and hit me started... up about this time last year. Yeah. And I got an email. And, of course, it comes over from Psychology Today. And I'm like, oh, hey, potential client. <laughs> I'm reading the email. I'm like, oh, not a client. Oh, Oh, an opportunity. So opportunity was knocking, and he said he'd reached out to a bunch, and nobody was taking him up on the offer. I, I don't know why. I mean, it, I think a lot of people are just sort of shy, you know, or you, what, what, or it could be like maybe they're in that mentality of like, 
oh, I'm not going to get free information out on the internet. Like, you got to pay. It could be that, too. So could if you be. reached out to a lot or of therapists. Stage, or some stage fright or, oh, man, I could get into some ethical issues or that was That my, seems like a big, big one now. So, like so the, you're, yeah. you're, you're self-employed right now. Yes. So you're a boss. You don't, like, you can say whatever you got to say. That's, that's, that's right. what's awesome. Well, I mean, you know, I still get a license, you know. I mean, within context, I wouldn't want to have, like, a therapy session. And that was my only thing to Alex. I said, okay, yeah, I don't mind coming on and talking about general subjects, but... Uh, we're not, I'm not going to come on there and then give you, give you therapy and all that. I mean, that yeah. would be, you know, I, you know, and that's more not as much from an ethical standpoint in mind. I was like, man, I, I wouldn't want you to do that because that's like HIPAA and you're putting all your stuff out there. And, man, that could, that could go places that. we wouldn't. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. And not that he ever asked, but I said that's the only thing we got to shy away from actually doing therapy on the on the podcast. But. You know, um, we got together. We just pick a topic and go from there. Go from there and that's, just that's, roll with it, freestyle. That, that's pretty amazing, man. <laughs> y'all at this point has built y'all build this relationship where it's like, you know, let's get this content out there. Let's provide, oh, yeah. and it's uh, oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be I'll be watching. The last one was pretty interesting. You know, uh, the the Paul George situation. You know, the whole mental thing, and that's another thing too with athletes and celebrities that the mental thing gets to them because they have this whole pressure. You know, they got to right. meet this standard. Like, and then they probably feel like everybody the the wants day. to be their friend because they're fucking popular. Fa- yeah, and- but it, oh, it, yeah. Think about that. Think about that pressure that, man, you know, I'm, I'm an NBA player. I'm at the top of my game. Yeah, because that door is so small to get in to play at that level. High school ball is hard enough to get into, but there's more opportunities. A lot of high schools. But then if you want to play in college, now where are you going to go? Because that – it keeps – it's Going like a funnel. It keeps getting smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want a shot at NBA, you got to make that D1 list, right? And that's hard. And then you get there. So the pressure on this – these these athletes, and whether it's NBA, NFL, whatever it is, to perform at peak level, anytime they go out there and take a tip-off or a kick-off or whatever it is – is tremendous and even the kids that are in high school that are vying for those positions at d1 schools they feel that pressure so we think man look at this person they're so successful man you got it all man you got a scholarship you're going to baylor you got this you that or or man you're going to be the you know i can only imagine that young man down there starting quarterback ou sooners man the pressure i'm excited to watch him with the pressure on this young man because Oklahoma is no joke when it comes to football. So mm-hmm. you've got the spot, man. That's like, yeah. Bradford. You're the, you're the star. Bradford of the, held the, that, right? You know, and then yeah. Baker Mayfield and, and all these J- other guys. Uh, Jalen is the, the Jalen Hurts. You got to be a bad man to get in the, in the field like that. You filling some big like, ass shoes. Exactly. Like Heisman <laughs> Trophy caliber quarterback. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it's, How it's, many Heismans does OU have, right? Oh, and now you're coming in here, you're going to be the next. So now you've got that pressure. Man, there's excitement than, too. Right. Man, I got a shot at the Heisman. Hell yeah. He's got a shot at the Heisman because he's coming to OU. He's going to play. But the pressure. And you think, um, you know, when we the see. case that gets me, uh, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, Aaron Hernandez. The, uh, he would basically have an apartment where he would just go and do drugs. Like, that's how fucking... 
stressed he was, I guess. It's like, crazy. Like, basically, he had his mansion. He had he was all his life going on. And then right. he had this little-ass apartment where he would go and get high and, like, a trap. Like, he would right. just be in there, like, fucking drugged out. Like, you have all these nice things, bro. And, right. But it was just the pressure that came with it, all that in shit. In the stigmatization like, of mental health, I probably am not wrong in saying helped get him to where he was. Because if there was no stigma about going to seek medicine, and which is why, man, hats off to Paul George for saying, hey, I needed it, and I went and got it. And He's probably the fewest. Miley Cyrus, yeah. Cyrus, too. You know, you know, I didn't know she had, but, yeah. Big Sean. I was surprised you know, when Big Sean did it, too, because he was at the top. Like, he was at the top of his career, and he just st- stopped making music. And he was like, I need to go to therapy or, like, yeah. Take care of my mental health. Dave Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle just said, here's the keys. I'm out. And took a break. Yep. And came back once he was more uh, clear-headed, right? Do you think it's a numbers thing where it's like, like, for example, an artist, like Big Sean, to give you an example, like seeing numbers every time he releases a song and knowing that every time you have to release a song, it has to perform that same level. And if it doesn't uh, do it, uh, it gets to them. A perfect example of that is T-Pain. T-Pain had so many hits that he kind of went crazy. He, he was like, I need another hit, another, another hit, another hit, another hit. So that kind of messes. It was slappers after slappers. Just, and it got to the point where he, like, where's T-Pain now? It sucks. But he's like, he, he, he would drink a lot of Hennessy and he go to the strip club. And that was his getaway from all the, but it's like the pressure yeah. was... Yeah, it goes back to, like, even me as an NBA fan, like, I fell in that trap of, like, I wouldn't go on social media and bash, like, Paul George when he had a bad game, but I would tell my friends, man, he's trash. He played trash. I mean, Kevin Durant, I'm surprised that that dude, like, he he has to be strong because for everybody to just call him a pussy and a bitch and uh, it's like, damn, bro. Kevin Durant's a little weak on that side because it's like... One thing but I'm, still, bro, it's bullying if you really right, look it is, at it. It, it doesn't matter if he's weak or not. At that point, you're basically saying, like, yeah, it's because, I mean, you know, you just... It, it is. It's, it, to me, it's like you are this successful person. Like, why don't you do not read the comments? Don't read the comments. Yeah. Like, LeBron is great at that. LeBron is great. Just like the other day, he snapped on a tweet because they were comparing him to the Scottie Pippen and Jordan. He's like, I'm over here minding my own business. And... Here goes the uh, game that had nothing to do with him, and they did that comparison, like LeBron in Miami with the Dwayne Wade. Who was the Scottie Pippen? Was it him? Or and it was just this whole dilemma. But he came out and tweeted like, "Why, like, why you guys are bringing me up when I'm my own person? I'm not trying to be a Jordan or a, a Pippen and stuff." So it kind of triggered him on that. But LeBron, for the majority of the part, he's been great dealing with the hate because as as God, that's what I always say. Like, great success comes with great hate. You know, it's just that it yeah. is what it is. And LeBron will, is will, yeah. excellent with that. He and takes, he doesn't like let it get to him. Yeah, and you can't. You, you I can't. Think you can't. That's you what, have to. That's got to be a boundary. Kevin Durant's thin you, when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, it, you you've got to have. That's got to be a hard set boundary. That okay. Well, I know they're going to be out there doing that. I'm just not. Even I signed gonna, up for this. I got to be prepared. I'm not going to read it because you're going to have that set of people. That are fans, you know, whether they're Oklahoma City Thunder fans and they're going to be all about you and then you leave. So now who's your fan base, right? Okay, well, Golden State. But your, your fan base travels with you and then anybody else is going to be hating on you mm-hmm. no matter where it is. And, man, that's, that's got to be tough. So if you consume that, you, you, you just sit there and suck in that negativity and you have, uh, man, it could happen to you. Now you're negative and you know, how do you get out there and perform? Yeah. 
Exactly. I think uh, I've always been the person that, like, as a sports fan, as a, you know, especially when it comes to the NBA, like, if a player had a bad game, like, James Harden, I always say, hey, he's a great season player, but when it comes to playoff, he shrinks, he's trash, and this and that. And it's like, it's a lot of pressure. At the end of the day, it's a lot of pressure, and the bottom line with that is, like, he's still a human, you know? He's, like, like you said, you know, in the, in the podcast with Alex, you know, you're going to have a day. We're going to have games where you have bad shots. You know, right. you, it's not going to go in, like, no matter what you're doing. Right. And even me, as, like, I play basketball, and I'll score 12, 15 points, uh, like, when this tournament that we're playing in this league. And I'm like, wow, I'm exhausted. And I'm like, I had to put all this effort. So imagine it doing on a daily basis mm-hmm. at that high of a level. At I'm that like, high of a level. Whoa, I'm, I'm gassed out. Making millions of dollars. Exactly. And like, they expect you to hit, like, 23, every, 25, every time, 30 shots. You know, at, and, you know, in, in that light, my hat's off to Westbrook for all those triple doubles. Yes. I mean, you think about that. And the positive they, mindset that it took to keep you in that game and not, I you think, know, wow. And I think it's uh, like social media. I feel like people have too much of a voice now because then again, despite the amazing career that he had that year with the triple doubles and stuff, oh, Westbrook is stat padding. People found some way to say, "Oh, he's passed." Bro, stat padding, stat yeah. padding. Dude made the shots, man. If you Dude can do, shots, if you can have average, the assists, exactly. Have the re- Come do on, it. man. Like, if it's that go easy, on. do it. Go on. If it's padding, go on. Do it. What is it? Fake news, right? <laughs> That's right. We watched him do it, and then again, I can't. I, I just can't sit there and when I watch ESPN and they're talking, exactly. I'm like, oh. I'm like, shut the fuck up, because you guys, it's Bro. like, like we had it in a. With boxers, it happens. I hate it when it happens with boxers, especially because oh, these dudes are I'm fucking training to, <laughs> like they're they're training to to be in the ring getting punched, and then you're gonna say, "Oh, I would have threw this punch like this," or, "Bro, it, Stephen A. Smith, man, that's why I stopped watching these shows." Oh. Uh, as as much oh. as a big of a fan that I am about sports, <laughs> and I like to talk about sports. Stephen A. Smith, what do you think about uh, Paul George's awful game? And he goes and gives his a. Uh, like, bro, you are not Paul George. You do not know what went down. Like, I had to sit back and say, man, I take that back. Like, like I, I hit up my friends, and I was like, man, I take that back, man. Paul George is a, is a great player, man. And he gave us some good-ass memories. And even though he had a bad playoff game, playoff run, I'll take it back. It, it's not easy. It's just like not an easy task. The, it'll be the fat dude at Hooters drinking a beer, eating wings, saying, <laughs> oh, he's out of shape. He, he's he's, he's, he's uh, <laughs> He needs to go in the gym and knock, knock, down, <laughs> knock down them shots, yeah, man. Come on. He um, didn't drink enough water. Yeah, so it goes back Whatever. to the, 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 the social media platform, and then, like, everybody now has a voice. So it's like you might. Everybody's extra brave, too. Because you're behind that phone, not enough people have been slapped in their mouth for what exactly. they say. Right? There's no danger. It's, I'm sitting on well, the other side of town. It's easy to create, like, uh Fancy pants, uh, Gary, and uh, put like a pizza profile picture and just talk shit. It's but easy. you know how miserable, like who does that? That's like, why, like, I'll talk. Exactly. How like miserable you say, is like, your to life? Go create how a, worthless is your life that you're going to create a fake profile so you can go out and troll some people? Right. It's easy. It's Man, easy to do call that. Dr. Call Dr. West. Call me. Yeah. Call me. You need some help. I think, and that's, that's never been my thing. Like, I think uh, taking the time to comment some negative stuff, like, if I'm going to say something negative, I'm not going to say it at all. I just scroll, keep moving. Like if That's I'm what not, grandma always said. Exactly. You ain't got nothing nice and to it, say. It, like, exactly. And it's so easy to, like, 
comment the negative stuff instead of like the positive. But I mean, I, I that's what I've noticed. Like I feel like the more um, the negativity. Like if you are a rapper and you talk about drugs, sex, hoes, and stuff like that, you're gonna get that attention. You're gonna get pushed. You're gonna get pushed up and like. Bro, tested. I'm driving and I'm like, I don't listen to the radio. It's an energy thing, basically. Yeah. Like, the energy that you're putting out is, is basically, like, a perfect example and it's super fucked up. But I was doing music videos, like, trap music videos, where I would go to the hood and just shoot the video. I don't know what these dudes are doing, what, but it, is, it doesn't look like they have a job type shit, you know, yeah. in the streets. Trapping. So, they're dropping songs back to back and they're all about, this is my hood, this is that. A couple weeks down the line, one of them gets shot and killed. So at the moment, I'm shook. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? But then you listen to the songs, and that's every that's all that they, that. Were, they were asking for that. You know, right. and it's like, it's, it's so sad to accept, but it's like, you put it out, out there, bro. Like, right. Yeah. The energy you put out in the universe is going to come back. I mean, that's, it's simple karma. Yeah. It's simple karma. What are you consuming? If you're right. Big Macs every day for every meal... We know how unhealthy that is, but mentally, the rest of that, if I put myself in a position where... It goes, it goes back to the yeah, dopamine, like, oh, you're eating this yes. unhealthy-ass food, but you know, like, it brings you joy, but you know it's unhealthy. You right. know, it's just that. And but, what you communicate, and what yeah. you sing about, and what you listen yeah. to, and what you consume I, mentally is the same. You believe in the law of attraction? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it just goes back to, like, I'm driving, and I barely listen to the radio but the time i do listen to the radio they played the cardi b and uh megan Thee stallion i don't know if you heard about mm. it mm-hmm. very explicit i'm like <laughs> i mean they beep out all the bad but damn like i get it you know and 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 i'm not bashing the song at all because like just the the, the, the guy rappers do it i guess the females can do it too you know but it's like this thing is in the on the radio like wow i had a deep conversation yesterday with a friend and it was like it was like a uh, God and devil type thing. So it's like, I, I kind of believe in that. So they, you either like are going to, as a musician, as an artist, you're either going to go rap about the evil shit going on, the drugs, the, or you're going to be like the underground dude, like Dizzy Wright, which probably you guys don't know about. And I he's do. just a positive rapper talking about like well, the law of attraction. He has the uh, songs named after books and shit. But people don't compare he, numbers. Yeah, if you look, he's 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 just a, you know probably that's what it is struggling artist like, probably. But mm-hmm. he chose the he rather be at peace and be like I, I'm not preaching bad shit for the people. Right. I'm not. I don't have a lot of money, but at least I'm not fucking poisoning exactly. the youth and shit. Right. It's like the right. same with uh, with the YouTube stuff too. Um, you know, the creators. A lot of creators went through mental health because they had to do the extreme shit to get the views. They had to either fake these pranks they either had to go through like some kind of reaction because that's what draw attention uh, drama that's basically what selling your soul is man whenever you're doing some shit that's just for the numbers and right hype and and that that created a lot of like depression and like because it's like people like the negative they're attracted to the negative shit and it just draws more attention more views and it's just it's just reality is just what's what's going to keep going on and on and i don't think that's going to change i mean us. You get to choose, basically. You I, get I to feel choose. like at yeah. the end of the day, you choose mm-hmm. the good or you choose... I mean, that's for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we've been here for an hour and 30 minutes, man. Uh, Ooh, it's been time quite, flew. Yeah. It, I didn't even think it'd been that long. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. Uh, do you guys want to add anything else? I mean, like I said, we can keep going. There isn't no time limit. 
but I, you know, don't want to keep you from your, you know, your day. So if uh, somebody's going through some things, I guess, what's the process of getting in touch with you? And like, how can you help somebody? I guess. Ah, uh, well, they can call me. So I, I got my number. I guess I can give you, yeah. give you guys my number and you can put it on there. But it's 405-633-0316. That's my cell phone uh, business wise. And social media. You got any social media? I got a on Facebook it? page, uh, West Warner LPC. And then I got a website that I started to kind of revamp it, retool it, renovate it. And I just didn't like it. And so I kind of like raised the whole thing down to the foundation not yeah. building back up. But that's westwarnerlpc.com. Uh, I did make sure at least my contact page is up so that yeah. people got that out there on that one. But uh, And then, of course, on Instagram, it's uh, Let's Do Therapy with Alex. And we're also out on Stitcher, Apple Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Yes, so make sure y'all check that out as well if you're looking for some mental health advice. Um, let's do therapy with Alex Taylor and Wes. Great podcast. I've listened to most of the episodes and it's just some good information. So appreciate you, man. Yeah. Appreciate you. This um, one, this one's pretty good too. Yes. I've enjoyed listening. Yes. Yes. It's been, uh, <laughs> it's a little, uh, a little random, but yeah. We're, we're <laughs> yeah I think oh we, no. Random's good, man. Yeah. Random's good. If the content is there. Exactly. Uh, Did we leave anything out as far as topics that we wanted to touch? I think I, I, I asked plenty of questions. Yeah. And uh, don't worry, man, <laughs> we're going to have you back. And I think, uh, oh, I, yeah. I want to get you guys scheduled you and Alex. Uh, so we'll get that, uh, We'll get that in down the road. Yeah, bring you know, it on. I'd, I'd be more than happy to come back. That, that'd, be, that'd be fun. It's but been a blast. Yes. So we're going to go ahead, ladies and gentlemen, and wrap this podcast up. Catch us on the next one. Peace. Peace.